Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold, where gurus are gone, content is king, and where the macro conversions have taken the place of the Facebook likes as the marketing metric of choice. My name is Jacob Perry. Today I'm joined by Brandon Hassler and John Hammond. How's it going, fellas? Fantastic. Doing great. That's awesome. Let me introduce you to this episode's sponsor. It's 97th Floor, an award-winning Moz-recommended digital marketing agency located in Lehigh, Utah, and Orange County, California. They're known for driving bottom-line value results for clients like Pluralsight, Dell, and Salesforce. Visit 97thfloor.com to learn more. Let's uh, run down what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about Slack. They've got a new feature, Denny's. They're not just serving breakfast anymore. Instagram verification. And finally, we're going to be talking about Apple's latest and greatest technology. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Let's get started. Should we open up with Slack? Let's open up with Slack. All right. So I saw this story this past week, and it was interesting to me. Basically, in a nutshell, uh, Slack is, it sounds like they're kind of beta testing this right now, but you can now share channels across companies or teams. So you have uh, Vivint. Let's say you have Vivint Slack, and I've got... Um, How about Dev Mountain? Dev Mountain, sure. Yeah, good choice. Pull that out of a hat. Uh, and then we want to collaborate. I guess a better example is uh, John 97th Floor, marketing agency, Dev Mountain. We could have a shared channel where both uh, people from both parties could collaborate. So I thought that was interesting. My question is, does that open the doors to a lot of annoying nagging from clients and or sister companies? So, whereas email you can kind of ignore and put off to the side, get back to it after lunch. Slack, they know you're on Slack. My my thing is, we already did this with uh, Vivint Solar. We had them as a client for a little bit, and we just created a custom channel with them. And so, I don't understand how this is any different than just inviting them to a new channel. This consolidates instead of having two, you have one. Because yeah, with that, like you can create uh, special channels and then have users that only have access to like those certain channels the chain they would still have to log into like 97th floor slack or whoever whereas this one like i can stay in my company dev mountain slack account with all of my normal channels but now there's a new channel that communicates where you don't have to leave your 97th floor slack account so i thought it was interesting they say this is the biggest thing slack has ever released since releasing slack We'll see if it's a big feature. But hmm. that does put them – Slack's mission since day one has always been to eliminate email. You should never have to use email again. But the reason you're always on email is, yeah, internally all the communications figured out, but you still have all of your vendors and third parties that you're communicating with. So this puts them on a much better track to actually try to kill email in why terms would, of business. Why would we want email to be destroyed? We don't. Right. So we should be rooting against this. Well, I don't think this is an email killer. Is it a new opportunity for marketers to get into Slack marketing? 
paid access to different company networks. I don't think Slack would allow <laughs> that because you're paying. You're already paying for the Slack subscription. Well, I shouldn't say that. Some people are paying. It's free. Yeah, we're we're paying for or for Slack. So how many they, people on your team? A lot. It adds up. It's expensive. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure we have an enterprise, an enterprise Slack account, which came with free Slack socks. So it's worth it. Mm. Nice. So John, you said something earlier. You said that Vivint Solar was a client. Why aren't they a client anymore? It was just a one-off consulting project for an email campaign. So. And it wasn't good enough to capture their business. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I think we did pretty swell. Their engagement, <laughs> pretty, pretty swell, pretty swell, sir. <laughs> we they were happy with us. So okay, so that's Slack. I don't think it's going to. Yeah, I don't think it's going to. I don't think that's an email killer at all. No. In fact, I have a shared channel with 97 Floor with my guy. So is that all you want to talk about with Slack, Brandon? Uh, that is all I have. Okay. Sorry, we're looking at our Facebook feed here, and John's seeing different things than I am. Which, by the way, if you're listening, join us on Facebook Live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Mountain, (laughs) 7 p.m. Eastern. That's right. All right, let's move on to Denny's. I'll go ahead and pass this over to you, John, since you're the one who brought this up. Nice. Well, everybody's favorite breakfast joint. Is it? No. But... I like Denny's. I like Denny's. Do you? Better than I like. What do you like there? I like Cracker Barrel. Cracker? Cracker? Cracker. Cracker Barrel better than the others. Are you a little country boy? I hate country cooking, but their breakfast is awesome. I hate country cooking. I'm not not, into the other stuff that they have there. But anyway, Denny's and IHOP, I'm a Denny's guy. Proceed. Proceed. Well, they released a new mascot that's... Getting some serious heat. Some might say being tossed into the toilet. It's a supposed to be a giant sausage link with a hat, but a lot of people are tweeting out in social media that, well, I should just read some of the tweets that are coming through on this article. The Denny's turd is here with lunch. I don't know if you're going to have to edit that out. What, the word turd? I don't know. I think we're safe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then another one, actual turd on their menu, and it's pointing to a picture of the sausage guy holding up a coffee. It legit looks like a poop. It does. Like, how did how that passed QA? I have no idea. It's bad. Anyway, this isn't a big story. It was just a fun one to bring yeah. up. The funniest tweet I've seen so far is, Denny does often give me the slams. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny pun. Okay, so Denny's now has a poop mascot. Instagram verification. Was this yours, Brandon? I think this was John. John again. Yeah. So big story in big brand world is getting that blue little check mark next to your Instagram handle is a big deal. It helps you open up to a bunch of new features um, within Instagram. And there's actually been this black market created for these Instagram verifications. And people are paying upwards around $7,000 to get a blue check uh, on their Instagram handle. And so what's happening is there's this market evolved where you pay this middleman and you can find them. They're on Facebook, 
they're on. Hang on. Uh, how would somebody do that? Do what? Get the check? No. What's so? What's the process here? I want to get verified. Yeah. I go on Facebook and I type in uh, Instagram you, verification. You got to find the guys. And so you said it's easy, right? Yeah. So right here, this one guy, the I found the article on Mashable, and he said he just went on to James. Yep, James looked up this guy Alejandro Riola, and just Facebook messaged him. And he said, simply get started right away. Alex, uh, Alejandro wrote back, sweet, let's work together. Gave him a list of what do you want? Account verification. I need press, SEO, and traffic. And he just simply went through this uh, process, um, sent him a check for between five and eight grand. And what Alejandro does is he has a guy on the inside who works for Facebook or Instagram, one of those entities, and they put in a submit get this page verified i guess any employee within facebook or instagram can submit these forms to get something verified okay so james is a middleman alejandro is a middleman Mm -hmm. so why why not cut james out well james was researching the story a little bit and he was explaining to the journalist hey i found this guy alejandro and that's who i worked with get the account verified Okay, so I have $7,000 that I want to flush. I find James. I said, James, I've got, I've got some money. First of all, how, how, that's a pretty big range, 1500 bucks to $7,000. How, how is it determined how much I have to pay? The middleman just determines it. He says, okay, how likely is this to be verified? What's, um, I'm trying to remember what they said in the article, but it's purely up to the middleman setting the price. And then he gives a cut of that money that you would send to his contact inside of Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Would you do this, Brandon? Uh, that's a good question. I, if I had like a good business model behind my account, then yes, I would pay up to $7,000. Not me individually. Maybe it's because right now I have nothing, but maybe as a company, is it worth the investment? What would it take as a company to get verified the normal way? Hard work and sweat. Is that true? I don't know. I've only paid attention to that. I feel like the uh, I feel like the verification is more coveted and influential on Twitter. Not not necessarily on Twitter, but like among individuals than it is among companies. If that makes sense, like a company is a company, regardless of how big or small it is. But when you see an individual who you've never heard of, but they have a check mark, and like, oh, this person's important. You don't really think that. At least I don't. Like, if I saw a company, whether it had a check mark or not, I wouldn't think anything of it. Yeah, that makes sense. But people would. But that's a bigger investment for a person. So I could see YouTubers trying to make it um, grow their name and whatnot, try to cut some corners to get their Instagram verified. So Instagram on their website says it is currently not possible to request request yourself to get verified. It always comes internally out. Hmm. I would just use trusty LinkedIn, find out who works on the verification team. Or anyone, according to John. And befriend find anyone who works at Instagram and they can do it. Apparently, the success rate is 
you know, around 50%. So these guys submit eight a week and they get four submit, uh, approved, verified. I want to know what the four who didn't get approved, what, like, is it just, they just don't have a lot of followers. It's like someone who want, who's just getting started and they just have a lot of money and they're like, yeah, I'll pay this. But they're like, no, you can't be verified. Cause you don't have, you have five followers. I've seen some small people get verified and I know for Twitter, one of the, um, like, I think they have like a list of like bullet point things that criteria. they look for, criteria. And if you can prove that people are creating, like, in, that people are trying to impersonate you, then that puts you a little bit higher up on the list. Uh, so it's not necessarily how big or popular you are. The purpose of verifying is to ensure that people know it's you and not someone trying to impersonate. So then you think, well... Do I just need to? Uh, do I need to start creating a bunch of fake Brandon Hassler accounts from different IP addresses? Remember Real Hassler SEO on Twitter? It's, were you behind that? No, I wasn't. I know you were one of the people behind it. I don't think I was with Chase. Yeah, who cares? Anyway, I I tried. <laughs> I submitted to Twitter uh, like a couple years ago just to see if I get verified, and I used that account as kind of one of my reasons Wannabes. like hey look like someone created this real hassler seo and they're posting quotes about me uh i just don't want people to get confused that this is not me like this is me but it and didn't work he didn't. Yeah, he's not verified. i should have put more effort into it <laughs> yeah. okay so if you are interested in getting verified on instagram just search out james that's probably enough information for you to find him yeah i uh <laughs> see a ton of articles See a ton of articles when you simply Google Instagram verification, and a lot of people talking about how they got verified. So. I don't see James' last name, but I do see Alejandro Rioja. Can I look him up on Facebook real quick? I don't know. You can try. Let's see. What okay, happens. so that's Instagram verification. If you feel like that's something that you want, you want a little blue check mark on your on your profile, then fork Pay up, up. The cash, and you should be you should be good to go. Okay, so we're going to enter into the main segment of this episode, the meat and potatoes of mm. episode four, season four. Now I'm hungry. Below the fold. Okay, so Apple just had their WWDC event last week, and they released a new, two new iPhones, new Apple Watch, and a new Apple TV. Three new iPhones, technically. Okay, whatever. And uh, and then the Apple TV along with iOS 11. Okay, so here's where I want to start. I want to start with iOS 11. There are new features that I think will have a, a pretty big impact on digital marketers. In other words, there's way more opportunity for digital marketers to tap into... Uh, uh, iPhone users in a way that they haven't been able to do before. Are you guys aware of uh, the new features in iOS 11? I am not. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so there are just a few. Let me let me count. I've got five features that I think are going to have a pretty big a, a pretty big impact on digital marketing. The first one is augmented reality. Now, augmented reality itself is not new. But now it's built in to the new iPhones, which allow for marketing within augmented reality. Agree or disagree? 
I know, Brandon, you've put a lot of thought into this. Augmented reality itself. Have you not? Uh, a little bit. A li- a, you well, think in virtual reality? Well, I, I, there are some similarities, right? Yeah. Should, should, should we explain the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality? Sure. All right, go ahead. Oh, you want me to explain? <laughs> yeah. Virtual reality is like the headset. So you're actually going into another you're immersed. world. So there's a, there's looking at a street view and everywhere you look, everywhere you turn your head is a different angle, just like as if you were standing there. Augmented is I'm actually looking at Jacob and I'm looking at this table, but I'm doing all that through my phone. I guess technically you could do it through Lens, like HoloLens from Microsoft. But uh, basically it's a mixture of reality and then animated or augmented things. So it's a mixture of real world and basically uh, fake stuff overlaid on top. Yeah, like a digital interface. You could have a dinosaur walk across your desk and it looks like it through the phone. But then when you actually look above your phone... It's no not dinosaur. There. It's not there. <laughs> Versus virtual reality, no matter where you look, that dinosaur is on the desk. Assuming you have the desk already <laughs> recorded, <laughs> to clarify. Okay, yeah. So virtual reality is a 100% immersed environment, whereas augmented reality is a mixture of real reality and virtual reality. How's that? I like it. Okay. So with the iPhone, there's a new company. If you watched WWDC, they called, uh, they had a game company come out and debut and show off a new video game that's based in augmented reality. You should go check that out. Augmented reality from a digital marketing standpoint. Actually, lump, lump. augmented reality from a digital marketing standpoint, where do you think the potential is? So we messed with this in the early days in 97th floor. Remember those pictures? I do remember out? that. Yeah. And um, I think, I can't remember if we were doing shoot. I think Nike actually did some stuff with augmented reality. But essentially, the way I see augmented reality doing very well, at least just from my initial reaction several years ago, is having, uh, and at the time, you would download a special augmented reality app. Mm-hmm. And then, a, you know, you'd have like QR codes basically, or certain pictures can trigger then this augmented, this 3D design. Yeah, this animation. And so with like a shoe website, if you're looking at a pair of shoes, yeah, you can get all the angles and whatnot on the computer. But if you could just hold your phone up, especially where it's built into the phone and, you know, it captures, oh, you're wanting to look at this shoe. Now you can then hold your phone over the desk and really get like a it's as if you're looking at the shoe in the shoe store or dresses with um, you're wanting to try on dresses. Now you can just stand in front of a camera like you can on Microsoft or I should say Amazon. that. Are you um, about the Amazon? Uh... Like the Connect on the Xbox. Okay. You know, you can do stuff like that. Like, oh, check out this outfit. And then boom, the outfit pops on. You know, you're seeing that with Snapchat with the filters, so you're just taking the filters to a new level of try on our products. Because honestly, Snapchat filters is a type of augmented reality. Uh-huh. We should have used that as an example. Uh, uh, that was a good example. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, augmented reality, what about like ads, right? So if somebody has an augmented reality program and they're, and they're looking at something, whether it's a game or something else, you could easily throw up an ad that like just gets thrown onto your wall next to whatever you're looking at 
and uh, and get impressions or brand, you know, yeah. equity there or whatever. I was thinking of like tourism. Say you're at the Eiffel Tower, and you pull up your little augmented reality, and then it's like, hey, great shop over here, something like that, shopping over here, you know. So it's like part of a map. Yeah, and you're, and, and and you're just getting your, uh, you know what? I I don't uh, so ads. I don't necessarily see it going that way, but like with Google Maps, right? They have similar things where you can like hold up your phone and and it shows you, you know, if you have gas stations up, it'll show you where gas stations are. I think it'll be more integrated into maps. So it's it's like free, it's more useful and not people like paying to get their shop, yeah, you know, more prominent in the in the app. But uh product placement too. Speaking of product placement. Uh, how much product placement is in basically every aspect of Apple's everything? A lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their website has tons of product placement. Their conferences, WWDC, I mean, tons and tons of product placement. We we actually had a discussion at work when it, when it came out after seeing it all and just wondering how much are these people, these companies paying? Like Chase, right? Chase is always the bank that showed up when talking about Apple Pay. Like there's always the Chase credit card as the example. Anyway, product placement. That's yep. augmented reality. That's going to be, I think, uh, a little bit harder as a marketer to get into just because I think I think it's going to cost more. There's a lot more development involved, uh, and, and it's limited. Like a lot of companies, I think it's hard for them to wrap their mind around. But the other things on my list – a lot easier to to see the benefit. Did you have something else you want to say, Brandon? Well, I think the uh, the delay. If you're waiting for some platform, some self serving platform to upload ads and they get inserted into augmented reality platforms, that's either never going to happen or it's going to be a long time until that happens. If you're wanting to take advantage of this augmented rea- reality right now, that's where it just requires some manual effort of essentially looking out of the companies who are working in augmented reality and building a real relationship with them to where you're essentially having them build in your ads to the game or whatnot and working through them, not through Apple or through Google uh, play. So that would be the way to approach it is just like video games. Now, like I play video games. I was just playing need for speed like a year ago and the billboards were billboards for real companies. And these companies approach, I forget who makes Need for Speed, but they approach the game, game company and say, "We, uh, how can you integrate our brand? I think there was an Obama it's, campaign the one in one of the, the games. I bet the, the gaming company goes out and says, hey, we're building this amazing game. We're going to have hundreds of thousands of people buying it. There's going to be billboards along the whole thing. There are only 20 billboards available. Let's have a bidding system. And the, the highest bidders probably got the billboard. Yeah, in but fact, stuff like with, that is is yeah. With, I think with creative game, marketing with games now being live and being online, they could probably do a similar thing with real billboards where it's not built into the software. It's they can change all the time, right? So it's an ongoing bidding thing where this month you've got Apple or Microsoft on the billboards. Next month you've got Pepsi and Coke, and and mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's built out so that you can you can do it that way. What else were you saying? That was it. Okay, cool. So this next one is huge, and it's blown my mind that it's taken this long, and that is native QR code reading in the camera. So you don't have to download a separate QR code reader 
It now does it through the iPhone camera. My thoughts are that's awesome, but they're like three years too late. No, no, no. The reason why QR codes didn't take off is because of this. Because of this, you needed an app. But now everyone's kind of like looked past QR codes. I I think they have the potential of coming back. So you think this is going to resurrect QR codes? I definitely, definitely, definitely do. Definitely, definitely. I haven't looked into this feature, but is it you have to like swipe over to like QR queued mode? I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I hope it's just it just it just reads it. So then you're like taking a family photo no, at the yeah, beach, and there's a thinking. pole with a code. You take it, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> taking me to a website. <laughs> Hold on. Move away from the pole there. There's a code on it. Well, that's why I think you would have to. That's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I could just see, imagine all those most photo-esque points and just seeing them covered with yeah. QR codes. And you can't take photos there because it would automatically just pop up the website. Oh, interesting. Redirect. So that's yeah. why you would have to select a QR code. It's like uh, spam. Unless you have to like tap the code in the app, right? So Yeah. And then you kind of tap the screen yeah. to recognize, hey, this is what I'm trying to focus yeah. on. But there's a lot of education behind it too. Like this is a huge step in the right direction, but for the Majority of iPhone users who are not tech savvy, they just have the iPhone. They're sitting at a restaurant and they're drinking out of their cup and there's a QR code. I think most people still aren't going to bother to be like, oh, I'm going to take a picture of this. The nerds will because they want to test it out. No, man, you could easily do that. Here's the thing is the way companies were doing it before is they'd have a QR code and they'd say, scan this for a free drink or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And and then in your mind, you're like, I have to download an app. And then I have to use that app to scan this thing. Is it worth that time to get a free drink? That's what I'm saying is like your your 37-year-old mom is not going to now be like, oh, I'm so glad that iOS 11 now allows me to take First of all, QR if you're going to use an example, why use a 37-year-old? <laughs> because if I went old, you'd be like, well, that's obvious. 37 is <laughs> like you're in the range where you could – no, I don't know. I could see it shopping. A 37-year-old mom who's at Baby Babies R Us and there are QR codes for coupons, $2 off diapers, yeah, they're going to use it. Even price checking. I mean, that's what a lot of people are using these for now is you pull up the barcode or whatever and they, they'll scan it and then it'll pull up Amazon or totally, any other retailers. Totally. Even, if you have, even, if, even if you have the app, you have to like open your phone. You've yeah. got to navigate to the app, and your QR code reader is used so seldom that it's in one of the buried folders, and you don't know where it is. And you're just taking this time. Now you just you unlock it, you swipe, your camera's there, and it's done. QR codes are coming back. Sure. Once people know that that feature they, exists, oh, okay, okay. Then I was going to say off. they know what QR codes yeah, are. Everyone knows what they are, but once that once that mom and Toys R Us or whatever your example was. Is babies the, are us, my sorry, man. Yeah. Babies are us, and they're looking at the two dollars off. If she, or he, or she knows that they can just open their phone and take a picture, then they will. But there's that education aspect because it sucked for so many years. People are blind to it. Anyway, moving on. So I agree and disagree. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, how about indoor maps for Apple Maps? This is something that. Google has had for a long time. First of all, what's your opinion of the Google indoor maps? Uh, they make sense for some businesses. Like what? Most don't. Like um, Vivint does not benefit 
at all because you're never going to be going in like a consumer isn't going to go. So you think a that place consumer where a facing goes, yeah, like if, if a restaurant or um, your a Thanksgiving point, and you're wanting to like actually show off, like you can walk through the campus and whatnot, schools, stuff like that would benefit versus your like marketing agency that just employees walk into. There's no point in you investing into 3D tours of your office. I don't know. I guess if you want to, you can. Don't you think there's an element of like transparency? Like, hey, this is our office. This is where we do business. Check us out. There's like, you can go in any room. There's no, there's no secrets here. Sure. Do you think that that's helpful for maybe brands that are considered a little bit more secretive? Like yeah. Think, the about, think about Amazon, right? Which is 100% online. Nobody goes into their stores. There's no, there's no, you know, brick and mortar where you're like, oh, you know what? I need some shoes. I'm going to go ahead to Amazon. Do you yeah. think that that would be cool if Amazon had an indoor map of their warehouses or their headquarters? I mean, that. I mean, it's more like a, it's more like a PR thing where it's like, hey, we're Amazon. Come check us out. A wise man once said, "People like secrets." Do you know who that wise man was? Jesus, I don't know. <laughs> Tim Cook. Uh, and why Apple is so secretive about everything. So maybe by keeping your headquarters a secret as to what actually goes on. Because right now everyone has this magical, uh, what do you call it? It's like a vision mystical, of like what's yeah, going on yeah. inside Apple. When if you had like a real shot, it's like some dude picking his nose, working on his laptop. Three other people look miserable sitting there. That's not exciting. I'm sorry, but that's not what happens. Not showing that's off. not what happens. They're not picking their nose. When, o- when O.C. Tanner was my client back when I worked in 97th floor, O.C. Tanner's biggest competitor, I don't remember what they're called, but they were one of the very, very first companies that brought Google in to do a, uh, a indoor map of their headquarters. And this is, this is B2B, right? That's even less... Uh, according to Brandon, there's way less of a need for this company to have an indoor map. But what they did was they planned for it. They told their employees about it. Their employees got in weird costumes and showed up in different rooms. Yeah, that's what and, I was and, and they showed their culture, right? They're like, this is the culture here, which another, which another reason why they did it was probably for recruiting, right? So if you're trying to recruit people, you can send potential candidates to the indoor map and then they can go through and see, oh, this is where I'm going to be working, and these are the people I'm going to be working with, and that dude's wearing a sombrero where this other guy is wearing some unicorn hat. That's cool, right? Mm-hmm. That's where I want to be working. Oh, and look, they've got a vending machine that's free. I don't even have to pay. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, my friend actually works for a company that helps uh, prepay for funerals, and he created a video of their office and it's similar mindset. They had everyone kind of do fun things as the camera went through. It was a walkthrough. Yeah. And I was fascinated by it. I had never been fascinated more about a funeral company to prepay for it. And I watched the whole thing, and I even commented, said, great video, you know, love So it was part. a video. This yeah. wasn't an indoor map, but same no, concept. Yeah, same concept. It went through the whole office, and it was fun. And I think you're dead on. I think people are going to hop on this, become super creative on how they make these indoor maps. And for me, you know, especially ex- I'm thinking of students, oh, where should I work? I'm going to go look at, you know, while I apply for these jobs, I'm going to go look where I would work. I'm going to go scroll through the map. Okay, so here, here's my next question. John, you work at an agency. 
Are there any clients that you can think of right now where you're like, you know what? I need to pitch this. Apple Maps is coming out with indoor maps. I've got some clients where they should do indoor maps, and then we can promote it and uh, and have awesome success. Yeah, Dev yeah? Mountain. Okay. <laughs> That's a perfect segue. Brandon, Dev Mountain, as I'm thinking about it, you've got potential students and and people have questions like, what's the environment like? Like, I'm I'm I live in Arizona, and they want me to move to Salt Lake for nine or twelve weeks or however long the program is. What am I getting myself into? Can you see value in doing an indoor map of Dev Mountain, and then you can show off the culture there and show, hey, this is an awesome place to learn code. Absolutely. And if you did it first, you would be a game changer in your industry. You think about it. We are a coding school, and we are using indoor maps to highlight our campuses. You know how sweet that would be? It's sweet because it's already been done. All of our campuses have indoor maps. On Google. On Google. I'm talking about Apple Maps. Yeah, here, well, man. no one's using Apple Maps. You use Apple Maps? I use Apple Maps all the time. More than Google? Yeah. Really? I think most people do. Uh-huh. One of the rare I'll, tell, I'll tell you why. Because every time you ask Siri to take you somewhere, that's Apple Maps. That's why you always say via transit. Oh, boy. You and don't. That, you don't say that. Well, that's when I had an iPhone, I did. And then it switches you. Oh, that's right. You're on a Pixel. John? Always Google Maps. Even when you're getting directions. Yeah, I don't ask Siri. She lets me down too much. Yeah, She's a heartbreak. Like she does not time. screw up. You guys just like don't know how to ask. You're like Siri, take <laughs> me to. I don't speak robot. Okay, I use yeah, I use Apple Maps more. In fact, I prefer it. I prefer Apple Maps when I'm on my phone. When I'm on desktop, is that even an option to use Apple Maps on a desktop? Yeah, yeah, it's built in. Okay, I don't. If you I just type in Maps. Maps on your Mac, you'll pull up Apple Maps. It's already uh, on Safari. No, just like on your on your MacBook. Oh, oh, it's its own app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. But no one ever uses it. Nope. Yep, it's on here. Everyone goes maps.google.com. That's right. On my desktop, I do use Google, but on my phone, I don't. In fact, I don't like Google's Maps on my phone, the app. Really? I hate it. Yeah, really? I hate it. Okay, so that is indoor maps, okay? It's a good so one. I, I think that's huge and cool. It's pretty cool. Native iPhone screen recording. Mm. Brandon, don't you aren't you into screen recording? Uh screen occasionally. Cast? I guess when Marky Campus was was more, you know. Oh, I was I thought talking about tech audit. Tech audit TV, I would record like my apps and oh, usage. Yeah. yeah, so now it's native. You don't need you don't need a secondary app. It's built into the phone. You can now record your screen with iOS eleven. How do you think digital marketers will benefit from that? Hmm. Record you writing a review for us and send it in and we'll give you a free bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> what about like uh like content, right? What about so you talked about like Dev Mountain? Yeah. How could Dev Mountain create a piece of content? Uh do they have an app? Uh they're actually working on one right okay. now. So they're working on an app. And then you could do a walk through the app by recording it directly from your phone. Boom. Content. Yeah, yeah in that aspect, sure. Holy cow. I should have your job. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I misinterpreted your question. I, I'm sorry. John, mm. other applications of native screen recording on an iPhone for digital marketers? I think um, anyone trying to sell a tool or software that's 
you know, accessible by tablet or phone. Walk through the tool, show so the features. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just going to be like you said. It's going to be awesome education resources. Cool. Sounds like there's not much there. Let's move on. Okay, this is my last one. Live photo filters, kind of like Snapchat, are now built into iOS 11. Did you guys see the animojis portion? Mm-hmm. What do you mm-hmm. think of that? Um, is that gimmicky? I think Steve Jobs is rolling in his grave right during half of that presentation. But yeah, it's a gimmick. Uh, they like really highlighted it a lot, uh, which almost made it sound like a thousand bucks for you, so you can do these emojis, these animojis, these animojis. Yeah, it was cool. It wasn't as uh, earth shattering. Yeah, he's like they're so expressive. I was yeah. like, he's just moving Dude, his mouth. Yeah, basically. Craig is so funny, man. He's like the best. He's the best presenter. The best the was the face ID fail. Uh, yeah. It, I was he had just to finally move that. to another phone, which I'm pretty sure phone. it was just like automatically unlocked. And then he goes through. But uh, For those who didn't watch the keynote, why don't you break that down a little bit? So Craig comes out, and he's the demo guy, right? So he gets up there, and he's like, let me show you how this works. And he's like so animated, and, <laughs> you know, he's got – he's just like a – he's. I like him. Like as a person, he's like – personable but he gets up there and you know how they have the little platform with their devices that are plugged in and 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 whatever they're doing shows up on the big screen well he picks up the first phone and he's going through face id where it's like you know and it recognizes your face and it's and it's like instant and nothing happens and he's like oh well let's move to the backup phone and uh so i mean it was a it was a fail which is like that's the last thing that you want to happen uh, at an event, especially one watched by so many people. Well, they just spent 15 minutes talking about their facial recognition and how smooth and easy it is to get in your phone. And then one of the top guys at Apple couldn't get into his phone uh, after several yeah. attempts. <laughs> Let's move to the backup phone. Yeah. yeah. See, there we go. There we go. Now it works. Yeah, I think you're right about it being automatically unlocked. Like, and I don't think the face ID was set up on the backup. The stock price fell dramatically right after that happened if you were watching the stock price live that did some damage is that true mm-hmm. how much damage uh, it was like a buck 80 or something like that so what what is that like what, what does big, that even like, mean what does that mean what do you mean what does that mean like how, how do stock prices drop well you know that stock changes every second right yeah i do it goes I, up and down I, listen i i have a very basic understanding of stock okay so i may i may sound like a complete moron but i do not understand Like, what is the process from face ID failing to stock dropping? Sell, 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 sell. So people are selling. That's that's Mm -hmm. what it is. So like a huge, like people have their. Like one of my coworkers was watching his stocks. He invested in Apple right before, and then literally every second he's watching it go up and down, and then eventually he sold throughout the presentation. But that's happening on a mass scale with a lot of money. So why would something like that make you sell? Because that sends the message of, oh, crap, like, like that just sends the message that our technology clearly is not worked out yet because one of the smartest guys at Apple couldn't get Face ID. And so that small little fail could hurt Apple sales. Have they recovered? What do you mean? The stock? Yeah. I haven't paid attention. I just know there's okay. articles that, like, outline the dr- there's a drop at that point. That's interesting. In the I, presentation. I, I, I Yeah, I guess I get it from a lot of... From, the stock you know, was whatever. doing awesome up until the iPhone uh, was revealed. And I kept telling 
the other guy, sell, sell, sell. The Apple Watch, it was just doing awesome. And then the iPhone. And then just iPhone 8 or X? iPhone 8, it started just dropping. And then the X kind of went up and then didn't do well. So if you invested before the event, you would have lost money. Dude, no joke. The iPhone 10. X. They kept saying 10. What do you mean, say 10? Well, you can call it both ways. Well, I'm saying they, at the on WWDC, they never said X. They said iPhone 10 the whole time. They never said X. Well, we're calling it the X. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Anyway, we'll talk about well, the iPhone. Okay, I was going to say, what were you going to say there? Well, well, yeah, we'll get into that segment. Those are the five new iOS 11 elements that I think are going to have the biggest impact on digital marketing where people are going to start thinking, how can we leverage these elements to promote our brand, to help our clients, to make more money, to, to uh, improve our brand? Any last comments on those? I think you covered it well. John, did you see any other features in iOS 11 that uh, were impactful or that kind of stuck out to you? Um, not really. I mean, you kind of hit all the big, big apps or the big features. Okay. Cool. All right, Brandon, you want to take over this next segment? Sure. Um, what we're going to do here is we're going to go through the Apple event. You mentioned earlier all the products that were introduced. Correct me if I'm wrong. The third, the third edition or whatever they call it, the Apple Watch. You've got Apple TV, the new one. You've got uh, three new iPhones. And what's the other thing I'm missing? Watch, TV, phones. Was that everything? Oh, and then iOS. Yeah. I mean, okay. the two phones. So those three. First off, what were your, of all the products, were you disappointed in any and were, or were any of them where you were like, wow, this is awesome? So I didn't watch the whole thing. I was mainly looking for the new iPhone stuff, right? So the Apple Watch, I got the first generation. I wasn't impressed, and uh, I'm not. I, I bought it after three months. I sold it, and I, I doubt I'll ever get it again. So that that wasn't really interesting to me. The big news there was that you now don't need your phone at all. Like you can get cell service directly for your watch for what is it? I guess it's free for the first three months, and then ten bucks after that. Um, again, I think that's mostly important for people who are into sports, you know, who don't want to like take their phone in the pool or take their phone on a run. And I'm the opposite of that guy. So that's not really helpful to me. Uh, the Apple TV, I, I didn't watch that portion. Uh, the one comment I made and I'll make again, every time a WWDC comes out, the number one thing it does is make people feel like their products, sorry, that their current device that they own is garbage. You know what I mean? Like you have the iPhone 7, which is top of the line, best iPhone that you can possibly have right now. And you watch about iPhone 8 and, and they just like, the way they talk is like, it's a hundred times better than the last iPhone. Check out the new iChip. I mean, this is 10 million times faster than what you have in your device. And it, it just makes you feel like, okay, so my device, my current device is garbage, which Maybe it's the plan because they want you to upgrade. They want you to buy the new stuff. But that's like the one thing I get out of these conferences, right? 
That was more, like, that was more like a, a movie phone voice, huh? That was great. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> one man on a mission. One desire. Kermit the Frog is a pimp. <laughs> okay. So, sorry, what was your question? And that was my question was oh, anything any that you liked or did not mind? like. No, I'll tell you, I really, really liked the iPhone X, uh, the new screen. So the size, which is really interesting to me because the size, the phone itself, the phone is smaller than the uh, 8 Plus, but the screen is bigger. So you're talking about the bezel-less design. Yeah. Yeah, so the bezel edge is to gone, edge. edge to edge. So the screen is bigger, but the phone is smaller, and it's more narrow. So obviously, it's you know they go in a diagonal and they go from corner to corner when measuring the screen size. But yeah, you look at it and it's more narrow the screen, which was really interesting to me. Um, uh, so let let me mention one other thing, and then and then we'll kind of get into uh, more uh, whatever. The one thing I want to mention is. That one topic of discussion after watching the iPhone X segment was how are people, people are going to have to adapt, right? They've had a home button since the very first iPhone. And even with the finger ID, the finger recognition, um, that's been around for a little while, but it was built into the existing design. So it wasn't, you didn't have to adapt that much. This is a huge, huge change going to facial recognition and even how you use it because the button, that's how you called Siri, right? The button is what you use to uh, pull up uh, or switch between apps that you're using, right? And that's that's been built in for years and years and years. They've completely and fundamentally changed how you use an iPhone. And uh, one guy I was talking to was just saying, this is, this is like, they're going to take a hit. They're going to take a hit because adaptation is not something that people are really into. Agree or disagree? I agree. I agree. Okay, cool. Wow. That was easy. I think the move to completely get rid of, like, to to basically put all of your eggs in facial recognition was not a smart one. Well, Because of the adaptation, and I just have this hunch that it's going to be a disaster for a lot of people. Well, so... There was a there was one guy who uh, I don't know if he came out with a video or what, but he proved so fingerprint recognition is way more secure. Like lots of people thought, oh well, someone could just like cut my hand off or my finger or you know force me to to unlock it, but that's way harder than grabbing someone's phone, sticking it in front of their face, and then running. Right? Yeah. So someone's like texting or have their phone right in their hand. I guess it would be unlocked at that point anyway. But if you like take it off the table, hit the button, and just hold it in front of their face and bolt, that's way less secure than having uh, to put their finger on that little, you know, half inch little dot. button. Yeah, yeah, that dot on the bottom of the phone. Well, I think what you're bringing up. I was just thinking of older generation. I mean, technology is already hard enough for them. I'm thinking of my parents. I mean, they both have iPhones and they can barely work the thing and. I just know that's going to be the worst for them if they ever get a new phone. The facial recognition. Yeah, well, and that and not having the button, that's going to drive them crazy. Hmm. Yeah, we, we spend all this time trying to train our, our elderly parents. My parents aren't that elderly. Your elderly <laughs> parents on how to use technology and then, they, and then they switch it up. 
Eh, I don't really care about that. They don't have to use an iPhone. But um, what was the other thing? The other thing about what? About the big change with the, the iPhone X that I was going to say. Um, it's the first iPhone. Well, I guess it's the eight wireless same way. charging. Wireless oh, charging. Yeah. So yeah, there's wireless charging. Another thing that I think bugs is facial recognition. You've got to point it at your face. Like if it's sitting on a table, and you just want to like open it with your finger, that's easy. You just like and it's open, right? Yeah. Now if I want to do that, I got to type in my code. Yep. Who wants to type in my code? Come on. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it was a. Like I like the like like my Pixel. I have the option of facial recognition, which I don't use because I know I'm never going to use it. But I but I have the option, and so I I like the idea. Of I didn't know the Pixel had that option. Yeah, didn't either. Facial recognition is on like a lot of phones. Apple is. I mean, but no one ever makes a big deal about it. And I don't think the technology is that great. I'm sure Apple has done a better job at improving the accuracy and whatnot. But at least have the option of like moving the. I like the idea of moving the fingerprint off of the front so you can have more screen space there, but just put it on the back because that's where your hand already is. It's natural. You just have your finger right there, and you have the option. So for those who just don't buy into the whole facial recognition, they find it inconvenient, they can still just use their trusty finger to unlock the phone. Well, wasn't the huge rumor that you were going to be able to keep finger recognition, but it was going to be on the screen itself? That was some renderings, but that wasn't announced. I, yeah, I guess it wasn't officially announced, but f- from what I was hearing was that was the plan, but they couldn't get it to work. Yeah. I I don't know a whole bunch about that. I know it's not going to be part of the iPhone X. That's right. No, it's not. They're just holding off for the $1,500 phone they'll announce next year. Which brings me to the next thing. The price tag is the most expensive iPhone ever. Will you buy I'm going to buy the X. Wow. Over the 8. Yep. When the big reasons are, is it, is it the face ID? No, it's not the face ID. The is face it the ID edge is, to edge? I love the edge to edge. I love it. But I also love the idea of getting the, the latest and greatest. And I've had, um, I, haven't, I haven't upgraded my phone in a while. Like, it's been two years. That's not technically true. But, uh, I, like, I'm ready for an upgrade. I have the 7. Uh, I never, I always told myself I was never going to upgrade to the plus. Uh, I, well, I'm not, I guess, technically I'm going to get the X. I want, I, I want it. I want the X. I want to, I want, like, I love being, uh, what do they call the, the people who you are the early adopters? Yeah, I love being an early adopter, right? Yeah. I was an early adopter with the, the Apple watch. Um, yeah, I, I want, I want it. I want the X. Fair enough. The edge to edge. Like I, I love that. What about the it. edge to edge? Are you excited about? Uh, just that it's the new thing. Sorry, the new thing for Apple. <laughs> They're not the first people to do that. Well, well yeah. for that price tag, I found some fun things you could spend that money on. You could drink two hundred and thirty-five pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks. Mm. You could sail to the Caribbean. See Billy Joel live in concert ten times or up close once. How close once. Or you could spend nine days at Disneyland. And then the last one was just invest your money and watch it grow. Or you can get an iPhone. That too. What are their plans? Who's? Like if if you went through your carrier and you did the normal thing, like people aren't paying a thousand bucks up front. 
That's not how people are buying their iPhones. Yeah, everyone's just they go they into the well, yeah, financing and now it's only $41 a month instead of it's only $11 more and I have the latest and greatest. You know what, Brandon? You have a pretty good whispering voice. Thank you. Working on my late night jazz station to get hit the airwaves soon. Okay, so let's let's do one last thing. Let's play your little game. Buy, try, and why. Going through all the devices. Yep. Let's start with the Apple Watch, the new one. Buy, try, or why? So what's the why? What do we like? Why did you even introduce this type thing? Like why? Oh, okay. Your hate. That's the bad one. Okay. Then there's the try. It's like, eh, it's good. Try okay. it out. So, so sorry. What was the first product? We're watch. going with the the new watch. Buy, why, or try? Sorry. Buy, try, buy, try, or, or why? John, I, so I did some research on because I'm big into triathlons and running and all that kind of stuff, and I I'm convinced I might buy this watch because it's waterproof and so it will seamlessly track everything that I'm interested in in a sports thing. I don't really care about the reading text or the phone. That'll be nice if I can take that running. But compare it to top of the line, like Garmin, GPS, heart rate monitor watches out there. It's cheaper than some of the big boys. And it does everything they are. And you'll have the added bonus of being able to get calls and text. Would you pay the extra 10 bucks for the month? For the calls and texts? Mm. Well, the calls and texts by itself. So this is not like... It's attached to your same phone number, yeah. right? You're not getting a new phone number. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it's not going through your phone, so. Probably not. Okay. I kind of, my sports, th- my run time is kind of my alone time. I don't want to be bothered. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so you're going buy. I'll buy. Yeah. Mine's why. Really? Yeah. The Apple, not even a try? No. The Apple Watch, I've tried the Apple Watch. Not the Apple Watch 3, Series 3, but I've tried the Apple Watch Generation 1. And the problems that I had with one haven't haven't changed. I, I don't think our I don't think our culture is ready for uh, that type of wearable technology. I think about watches, traditional watches that aren't smart watches, and uh, what what am I communicating if I'm talking to you in a conversation? The three of us are in a circle and we're chatting, and I just I I like mid sentence. I just I look at my watch. What does that communicate to you guys? You're not interested. I'm not interested. I gotta go. Mm-hmm. Well, multiply that by a hundred, and you've got the Apple Watch. Like I'll be in meetings with people. I'll be talking that. to people, and, and and it's not their intention. It's not their intention to communicate. Hey, I'm not interested. But their 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 watch buzzes on their wrist, and and they can't help it. They can't help it. They look at their watch, and then and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I, that's all I'm thinking is, do you have somewhere to be? Yeah. Do you need to go somewhere? That that's one beef. I don't want to take all the time, but that's one beef with the Apple Watch, where it's just like, you know what? We don't have the self control to in our culture, where our culture has a specific act. The act of looking at your watch communicates something very specifically, and we don't have the self control to stop ourselves. And I was included, so I started to see myself just get so distracted and taken away from those personal uh, relationships with people. And I was communicating this and. I didn't like that, and I didn't have the self-control, so I got rid of it. So my caveat with the watch is I'd only use it for training because I do hate that. I hate when people are checking their thing out. Yeah. So what about you, Brandon? Buy, try, or why? Um, I'm going to say buy, and here's why. Ooh. Only because – so this was the only product. So you're doing buy and why. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's <laughs> Just true. Kidding. Go ahead. 
I'm going to say bye, and but the the uh, the clarification is for the same reasons John has said. Like, I think this is great for athletes or people. Like, I'm getting back into running and training, and it would be nice to be able to uh, have a watch that can do all the GPS tracking and be able to make a call for an emergency or whatnot. I'm, um, you know, having a heart attack because I'm out of shape and I'm halfway into my run, whatever. Uh, I have been researching sport watches like crazy recently. So this this announcement uh, was interesting. LG recently came out with a very similar watch. Uh, it also has the ability to not, doesn't have to be next to a phone or work with a phone, but you can still get calls, texts, and all that stuff. But the design is not that great, in my opinion. There's some downfalls. So uh, if you are into fitness, and especially if you have an iPhone or you're in the Apple ecosystem, I'm going to say bye. Oh, so you're not saying it for yourself. I would move. I like the idea of ditching the phone completely and having my cell service go right to my phone. In all reality, do I need to be checking Instagram on the go? I can either do that at work or I can do that at home on a tablet or a computer. So if I look at it from the approach of taking a minimalistic approach to life, cutting out all the noise, I got my watch where I can do my basic stuff, track my runs, calls, texts, check basic emails. So anything beyond that, you can do on a tablet. Are you personally going to buy an Apple Watch Series 3? No. But I'm saying to the general consumer, you should buy it. I think this is a buy. If you meet that criteria. Okay. I feel like you changed the rules of the game a little bit. Sorry. I should have clarified. Like I'm talking from like, would you recommend like guys, you got to buy this? No, I mean, mine still stands, but you know, like if I only had, if I didn't have any arms, but there was a really good pair of gloves out there, I'd still say bye. Even though I wouldn't be able to buy it. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) One example. (laughs) That's a great example. Okay, so... Next uh, up, we got the TV, Apple TV. Okay. The new one. Let's go faster through the TV. John? Why? 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 I don't need it. (laughs) I don't watch TV that much. I I mean, it's just, that's not my thing. Yeah. Uh, I am also, I'm also why, but for a different reason. I keep going back to the personal thing, like... I own the the latest Apple TV, like just below the one that the four. Yeah, so it's I have, like the touch remote. Yep, yep. So I have the Apple TV four, and for me, it's like, eh, like it's not enough of an upgrade. Plus, I don't have a TV that would support the HD whatever that the new Apple TV is supporting. So uh, it, it's like, if you have the best TV on the market, then yeah, you should probably look into this. But if you've got like some five year old TV then the benefits of the new Apple TV would be lost on you. So why do it anyway? Fair enough. Brandon? Uh, I'm going to go with the try. The reason I don't say why is because Apple TV has been getting killed by Roku. Like Roku has just come out of nowhere and has been making an amazing device with all the latest and greatest features for half the price of an Apple product. So Apple did need to get 4K out there because... It's like one of the only systems that doesn't have the 4K capability. So they need to get something out there. The problem is, is that price is so dang high. I would say if you are someone who does not have any type of streaming device and you like Apple products, try it out. If you are like Jacob and you already have the 4, I don't think it's worth 
the uh, upgrade to spend all that money just for 4K, which I don't even think society is at 4K yet, even though half these TVs are moving to 8K now. Is so that anyway. a thing for real? What, 8K? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of YouTubers now are filming in 8K, a lot of the big ones. They're just like ahead of everything. Like so. there's, there's one thing to record in 8K, but how many of their viewers are actually seeing it in 8K? Very few, but they're doing it. The reason is they're future-proofing themselves. So that in five years, when you're watching old YouTube videos, theirs look amazing, and who, everyone else's look like the crap. Heck is watching YouTube videos from five years ago. Everyone like yeah. like big viral videos. I watch YouTube videos like from 2006. Which one? I don't know specific, but I've seen dates where it's like that's an old video. Or <laughs> man, I remember this video back in the day, and that looks it still looks good on my new device. Anyway, that's hilarious. Gonna go with the try. Okay. Then you got the phones. I don't know how to break this up. If we're just going all, or if we go with the 8 and the X. Let's skip 8 and just do X. So are we, what are you saying for the 8 then? Uh, I'm saying Y. Why get the 8 when the X is available? Okay. I'm flipping it. I'm saying the iPhone 8, try or buy the X, Y. And it's because why? of the 8. Why? Anyway. Why? why get the X when there's the 8? <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. That's right. So for you, the X is buy and the 8 is Y. Yeah. John? Y on both. Mine, mine, oh. I'm going to say why. Why did they <laughs> announce the 8 when they have the X? Well, that was odd because that was the only way they could justify. If they came out with a new iPhone and they jacked the price tag up that much, it would really piss a lot of people off. Why do you think they did that? You think Raise it's just the price? Like, yeah, you think it's just like it, because it costs Apple. them a lot more to make? No. No. It's because they know they can. They've built a cult following where people will like kill themselves. If, App, if Tim Cook got up there and said, I want you guys to go kill yourselves tonight, I guarantee you there would be at least a thousand people that night killing themselves. No, no, that's how hardcore. No, dude, their you are fan base so, is. You are so messed up. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> you're so messed up. <laughs> Apple people are hardcore, or at least they've done a really good job building the audience. But that's if they came out with just the X. The X honestly should be the iPhone eight. The X is now like up to seven 2017 standards with the bezelless display. Uh, you know, Face ID, I guess, has kind of been around for a while, but they needed to get that phone out there. And so I would say the X is a good phone. The price tag is a little too steep, in my opinion. Um, Dude, how, how, what's the guy's name who presented on the new iPhones? You remember who I'm talking about? At the conference? Yeah. Um, I know who you're talking about. Anyway, he's so very he, boring. Yeah. So he came out and he was presenting the 8. Everyone knows about the X. He's presenting the eight and it's just like, dude, like you're saying this is the best phone ever. All these, all these, you know, new specs and all this stuff, knowing that you're about to come back out in five minutes to tell us about a better phone. Yep. The whole time we were thinking they were going to have someone else come out and present the iPhone X. And we're like, dude, this guy's got to, he's got to feel like shiz thinking, yeah, I'm presenting Technically, on the iPhone Technically, Tim Cook 8. announced the X. Yeah, that's true. But then yeah, he took back over. But yeah, it was purely because they needed a setup. That way, you when you go to the extra, like ah, might as well spend the extra hundred and fifty plus bucks to get the latest and greatest. Yeah. So it was a super smart business move on their end to do that. Um, well, don't you think that it's similar to what they did with the the iPhone six S 
Yeah. Right, where they, they gave you a cheaper version, and they kind of presented it as, hey, this is the cheaper version for you people who oh, can't afford the, the other ones. Oh, yeah, the C. Yeah, that's the C. right. The C with the colorful things. Total flop, because why would you get the C when when you can get uh, the better one for not as not not a lot more, but the way they presented it made it feel like if you get the C, you're poor. So mm-hmm. so you're 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 walking around and if you're texting or you're on the phone and you got to see everyone's looking at you and they're it's like a status symbol. Yeah. And, and they're like, hey, man, like, do you need some money or they like throw some change at you? You know, like that's yep. kind of what happened with the C. I realized that they probably didn't present it in the same way, but I feel like it has the same thing where it's like, hey, here's this cheaper one or you can get the X. And to be perfectly honest, I feel like I am a victim uh, sorry, I'm not a victim. I feel like I, well, I guess I am a, I'm a, I'm an, I'm an, I'm an Apple addict. I'm, uh, I haven't yet started my recovery yet, but, uh, uh, but I do feel that way. It's like, I can get the eight, but if I buy the eight, which is brand spanking new, I still don't have the latest and greatest. Yep. Do yeah. you remember back in 2009, they used to have, they had three iMac sizes. They had the 21 and a half inches. They had the 27 inches, and they had the 24 inches. Do you remember what happened? Yes, I do. They got rid of the 24-inch. Why? Because not a single person, I'm I'm exaggerating here, but hardly anyone bought the 21 and a half inches because it's like, I don't want to get the cheapest one, but I can't really afford the biggest one, so I'm going to get the middle. So the 24 inches was like super popular. You think that a company that'd see, oh, man, this one's super popular, Let's get rid of the 21 and a half inch. No, they got rid of the 24 inch, which in my opinion was a perfect size. And now people are like, oh, well, I can't really afford the 27. So I'll get the 21. So now they're selling more of both because then you have the people who are like, well, I, I can't, get, I got to get the biggest one. Anyway, Apple and their freaking crap. Yeah, I should say that. I'm a huge Apple fan. And I love I, Apple. I So I watched the Apple event at... Uh, my job and I was the only person in there I believe that is not like that I don't have an Apple phone not hooked on Apple and there were people after that presentation where they're like what was that phone you're using Brandon like Pixel I need to look into that because like the price like even them like they were hardcore Apple but they just thought at least the logical ones they're like holy crap that's a lot of money for a phone should I just keep this or should I just get the 8 and then there were some who they're getting the X and kind of admittedly, like it's a status symbol thing. Like I don't want to look like I'm poor. Like if I go around with the eight, I'm going to like, I'm not going to feel as good about myself. Like I've got to get the X. So I have the latest and greatest. And that's the kind of culture Apple has successfully built where people like it because it's a status symbol. But yeah, for the X, man, I would say it's a buy or sorry. I would say it's a try. But that dang price tag is so high because really nothing they did. Like they just got caught up to 2017 hardware wise. Uh, and then they just jacked the price tag up. Isn't that crazy? They started like the biggest surprise in price was with the first Apple watches where they were selling for $10,000, $17,000. It's like, holy, do you guys know anyone who owns one of those things? Yeah. I mean, that's because we're, you know. We don't hang out with rich people. But, uh, yeah, it kind of feels like like people complain, complain, complain about the price. And and they're like, okay, 
we'll just make it higher. Oh, you're going to complain? Like, I feel like they're, Apple and I are, have that in common with like parenting. It's like my kids complain. It's like, oh, you're going to complain? I'm going to do the opposite. <laughs> you think it's too expensive? I'm going to make it more expensive. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting approach. We'll see how sales go. I'm more, I'm more interested in just all Watching. the disaster face ID stories hit the web. Once yeah. people actually get that in their hands and all the interesting things that are going to happen. Well, come come October, November, I'll bring it in here and you guys will be like. <sighs> or not. I could just use any other phone this year and you get yeah. all the same stuff. Apple, another thing Apple yeah. is good at is they, um, what's the word? Like they, they have, there's existing technology, but they throw their own name for it, like Retina Display. No one else has Retina Display because Retina is just what Apple calls, you know, 1080p type thing. Yeah. And now with their new phones, they're moving from LED to to OLED phones, which most 2000, I mean, even my phone came out last year and it's OLED and it's it's the super Retina Display. I know. And it's really smart because people who aren't tech savvy are going to look at their iPhone and say, well, this one has super Retina. Does that have super Retina? Uh, no, it's OLED. It's the same display. Uh, AirPlay, does it have AirPlay? No, but I can transfer files from this device to that <laughs> yeah. one. But it's not AirPlay. They're and, branding and the features. They brand, like, yeah, features that everyone else just calls them what they are, face ID instead of facial recognition. But, yeah, but does your phone have face ID? Uh, it's got facial recognition. I can log in with it. It's not face ID, though. And it works. It's so, like, from a marketer, like, I can't help but be impressed every time I watch those conferences uh, because they do one heck of a job marketing their product. That's hilarious. Well, you know what? We are really over time. So why don't we wrap this up? If you've enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to go to iTunes and leave a review. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Our handle is at belowthefold.io. You can also email us. It's inbound at belowthefold.io. We encourage you to reach out. Again, we are on Facebook every Thursday live, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 7 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. 4 p.m. Pacific. And 6 p.m. Central Time. Yes. And that's it. Until next week, we'll catch you below the fold. <laughs>